0: Welcome to The Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our guests for this podcast are with the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, and with the SBA. Kim Keblish is a media relations specialist for FEMA, and Yab Adira is with the Small Business Administration in the local offices here in Tennessee. Good to have both of you with us.
1: Thank you for having us. us.
0: So the reason why we're here is because Middle Tennessee experienced some storms this spring that produced up to 70 mile an hour winds and some tornadoes in Rutherford County. There was property damage, including the destruction of the historic mill, the Reddyville mill, and many area homes. Um, and this is the kind of thing that we have come to expect in the south, in places like Tennessee, uh, in the deep south, and even in uh, the plains, But uh, the important thing for for us and why we're here to talk to both of you is that when these kind of things happen, the government is there to help respond and to help people in need with loans and grants. So how can residents who are affected by these storms in Rockville and uh, in the Reedyville area, which is partly Cannon County, partly Rutherford County, how do they apply for assistance?
2: Yeah, so for the case of uh, the for FEMA homeowners and renters with underinsured or uninsured disaster related damage from the March 31st to April 1st tornadoes and severe weather may apply for FEMA assistance. These are this also includes, you know, the folks in the 10 declared counties, which uh, that's Macon, Cannon, Rutherford, uh, Haywood. Hardin, Hardman, Lewis, Tipton, McNary, and Wayne, and these folks can apply for FEMA assistance by going online, that's the fastest way, to disasterassistance.gov. They can also download the FEMA app, and that's a really nice option because you can take pictures of any supplemental documentation that that FEMA asks of you and upload them to your application very seamlessly. And you can also call the FEMA helpline at 800-621-3362. And some types of assistance that FEMA may provide include temporary lodging reimbursement. For instance, if someone had to evacuate their home uh, because it was unsafe to live in, FEMA may reimburse that. We may also provide rental assistance for folks that, you know, had to leave their home because of there's, there's damage or is unsafe to live in, and they're now living in another house or an apartment. We may also provide basic repairs and home replacement and coverage for other disaster-related expenses like vehicle repair and replacement, uh, child care costs, medical and dental expenses, um, and moving and storage as well.
0: These storms happened, of course, as we said, at the end of March and early April. What's the deadline for applying?
2: It's less than a month away. It's June 6th is the deadline.
0: What should uh, someone who is applying and then going through this process, think about or look for, I guess in two ways. One, if they're going online and doing it, or if they decide, you know, they're more comfortable calling someone, what kind of questions or information are they going to be seeking?
2: So folks should provide a social security, will be asked to provide a social security number. They'll be asked to provide best contact information. So a really, a reliable phone number is very important to put down because FEMA will, you know, call that number to ask you questions about your application or ask for any additional information that FEMA needs. Uh, we may ask where you can provide your email if you'd like, if you want to receive communications that way. We'll ask for your address, your current address and the address of your damaged house if it's different. Um, and those are some of the basic informations that that people need to provide.
0: Many, if not most, homeowners now have insurance that covers damage to their home in the event of a disaster like this, but then some don't. But what is the difference between what FEMA provides and what insurance provides?
2: So uh, insurance and FEMA assistance really work hand in hand. FEMA does not. We encourage folks to apply or to file that claim for insurance as soon as possible because FEMA cannot duplicate benefits that are covered by insurance, but FEMA may cover expenses that are, are not covered by ins- insurance. I, it depends on what type of policy people have as well or what um, what uh, type of assistance they're given in their insurance, but I know for, for some folks, um, rental assistance is something that FEMA provides that maybe insurance might not provide, for instance.
0: I know one of the concerns that people might have is that let's say they have insurance, but they're also applying for FEMA, and they're waiting for some acknowledgement or information on what's covered. And let's say they haven't heard from their insurance company yet, or they haven't heard from FEMA yet. They may wonder, you know, how that process is going to work. But once you file, um, there's going to be some discussion or determination made for both of those, Correct.
2: So right after you apply, FEMA may ask for additional documentation. We may ask for proof of home or proof of occupancy or proof of identity, um, proof of insurance settlement or uh, a description of insurance coverage and benefits. And it's really important that those folks submit that documentation because it helps FEMA, you know, make an accurate determination on their case. And verify they are who they are, and this is their. This was their damaged house, and folks can upload those documents to their disasterassistance.gov profile. Um, folks may also receive a call from a home inspector, FEMA home inspector, and that you can expect a call within about 14 days or so of applying for assistance. And um, that number may come from an out-of-state or an unknown numbers but it's so important to pick up that call because. Uh, to get in touch with that home inspector to schedule that appointment, um, because that you know that helps FEMA make the, their determination and helps us verify the damage the damage to the home, and the day of the inspector coming to your home uh they'll be wearing an official fema photo id badge and that's the best and only way to identify fema personnel as official person as official personnel and uh, that inspector will make an assessment of the home and determine what it will take to make this to make the damaged home safe and habitable and functional for for people to live in and then you know after the home inspection if if people, are asked to have a home inspection and after submitting that documentation folks will receive a determination letter in the mail or by email and I encourage folks to read that determination letter very carefully because it will detail the amount and the type of assistance that they will receive from FEMA and um, you know some folks may be found ineligible for assistance but usually there's there's an easy fix and some common reasons for ineligibility include you know, that missing documentation or that missing home inspection. Um, and uh, the folks that are found ineligible for assistance or just don't agree with the, the amount or the type of assistance provided, um, they have every right to appeal. They have 60 days from the date of the determination letter to submit an appeal to FEMA. And in that appeal, uh, they'll detail you know, they'll sign in data and put their nine digit application number on it and they'll detail why they disagree with uh, the determination and provide reasoning for why it should be otherwise. And they'll also provide supplemental documentation to FEMA. Um, like for instance, if uh, someone uh, someone has discovered there's more damage to their home than anticipated or um, that assistance from a, a sh- insurance wasn't enough because there was more damage um, They can submit an appeal to FEMA if uh, they've encountered more costs than anticipated for for that damage, and they could provide supplemental documentation such as uh, contractor receipts and estimates. But I also want to mention for the folks that are found ineligible just because of a missed home inspection, they can just call the FEMA helpline at 800-621-3362 and get that sorted away. But for everyone else with if they're ineligible for other reasons or um, they just want to fi- file an appeal, they would have to write out a letter, uh, provide that supplemental documentation, and submit it online to disasterassistance.gov to their profile, or they can mail it as well.
0: So the message then is not to give up initially. I mean, you may be able to satisfy FEMA yeah. with some additional information or to get questions answered with FEMA at that point. Yes. What about the issue of fraud? Um, we all know that exists, and how does FEMA address that, and how can people help that are dealing with this process?
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes after disasters, uh, scam artists and identity thefts, uh, thieves want to take advantage of folks that are going through these really tough times. And um, here are some tips to try to avoid fraud and mitigate fraud or detect fraud. One, please do not... Uh, Trust anyone that is offering services to apply for FEMA assistance Uh, Do not trust those people because FEMA people do not FEMA personnel do not ask for money uh, in exchange for helping Folks with their applications Um, That's a huge red flag a second one um, Do not you know move into a rental property that you have not seen in person yet Do not put money down for a rental property that you haven't seen Uh, third that FEMA will not solicit you or cold call you to and ask you to apply for assistance. we uh, you know FEMA doesn't have access into for access to your information unless it's given to us unless you've applied. So don't trust anyone on the phone um, asking you to apply for assistance. Those folks that are, think there's fraud or. Are just or there are suspicious activities going around. And they want to report it. They can do so by contacting their local sheriff's department, and they can also call the FEMA fraud helpline, and that number is one eight six six seven two zero five seven two one.
0: That's the fraud hotline.
2: Yes, correct. The
0: the idea of rental assistance is something that is provided. Let's say someone's home uh, has been damaged to the point where it's uninhabitable. Um, but then they may want to continue that assistance. What's the process for rental assistance?
2: Yeah, so initial rental assistance normally lasts about two months, and that will cover rent and the security deposit, but for folks that are still experiencing financial need and their home is still uninhabitable or is still damaged and they cannot return to it, and uh, for folks that have also been, you know, obviously using the rental money to pay for, rent and they have been demonstrating that they're trying to find a more long-term or permanent housing solution they are maybe eligible for continued rental assistance And um, for the folks that received initial rental assistance, they should have received a form in the mail asking them to fill it out if they need rental assistance beyond the two months. Um, But for the folks that haven't received that form yet, they can call the FEMA helpline at 800-621-3362 to request the continued temporary rental assistance form. And they'll just fill that out, and there's some supplemental documentation they need to provide, and they could just submit that through through their disasterassistance.gov profile or through postal mail.
0: I understand that um, FEMA established recovery centers in in some of these locations immediately following the storms. How long do you typically leave those open, and uh, what is the process in determining whether they need to close or not?
2: I'd say there's no, there's no typical amount of time that a disaster recovery center is open because it's on a, a case-by-case basis. For this disaster, we had four fixed disaster recovery centers open, at, well, three of which are still open right now, but they will close on the 20th. Um, but it's usually based on a couple of factors. How many folks are coming in through the doors? How many people are we assisting or are coming to visit us? And... Um, from that point, the state makes a determination or a recommendation on if the disaster recovery center should close or remain open. Um, up until this point, for the, fi- the four fixed locations at least, there's been about like over 650 applicants or um, prospective applicants that have stopped by the centers.
0: So we should probably turn now to the Small Business Administration. So we've mainly been talking about homeowners or people who live in homes and need rental assistance or some kind of loan to get them by, but there are businesses impacted by this as well, right? Correct,
1: Um, the Small Business Administration provides assistance to small businesses, uh, renters, nonprofit organizations, and also, we provide assistance to homeowners. Um, The three ways that we provide assistance is through our three types of loans, the home, physical disaster loan, which is given to uh, homeowners in order to help them repair or replace disaster damaged real estate property. And we have the business physical disaster loan, which is given to businesses to repair or replace, um, physical, di- uh, to repair replace real estate that's damaged uh, for the business. And then we have the economic injury disaster loan, which is given to businesses as working capital in order to help them meet their necessary financial obligation. So for example, if a, business was still operating during the time period of a storm, but employees weren't able to come into work, we would compensate the business owner for any kind of a net loss and
0: profit or any kind of uh, business interruption that the storm has caused. You mentioned that you also deal with homeowners and providing assistance to them. So what's the difference between what the SBA does in terms of assistance or providing help and what TEMA does? Or FEMA, rather. Right. Um, The SBA provides disaster
1: loan assistance to homeowners. Like I said earlier, uh, we help them repair or replace any kind of uh, disaster damage to real estate. Uh, And also, we provide an additional um, uh, assistance to any kind of uh, personal property that homeowners have lost during the time period of the storm. Uh, That could be any kind of damages to your uh, furniture, uh, automobile, and any kind of appliances as well.
0: What else should they know about the assistance? We talked about with, with FEMA, that they have certain ways of applying. Mm-hmm. What about through the SBA? That's
1: a good question. Um, with the SBA, there's three ways that uh, survivors can apply. You can apply online by visiting our website at disasterloanassistance.sba.gov slash ELA. You can apply at our business recovery centers. Uh, which is only operated by SBA customer service representatives. And you can also apply by calling our toll-free number at 1-800-659-2955, requesting for a paper application,
0: filling out that application and submitting it by mail. Is there an eligibility requirement or what kind of like triggers whether someone's going to receive the assistance or not?
1: Well, first the applicant must be in a declared primary or contiguous county. Second, the applicant must have credit that's acceptable to the SBA, and then uh, the applicant also must prove their repayment ability. So we look at uh, your, you know, your tax return forms and other financial documents to determine if you are able to repay uh, the loans.
0: So just to clarify that, you're saying that they have to be in a county where there some uh, determination has been made that, that there's eligibility for assistance in that area based on the storms? Correct and then uh, the next level would be uh, whether they're able to receive the actual grants or loans to begin with. Yeah, it's loans. Um,
1: if they're able to show that they're, um, they're able to repay those loans, then we make the determination then, that we can provide assistance to. Um. So
0: it's like almost like a credit worthiness, um, or what would you describe that as?
1: I would say it's similar to what you just described it. But it's also important to understand that if they don't qualify with us, that's not where uh, assistance stops. Uh, we also refer them to FEMA where they're eligible for more grant assistance and
0: other opportunities. What are the benefits of receiving a loan? And when I say that, is some people may say, well, while I could get this funding, you know, I could receive it, it may not be beneficial for me to do that and when when I say that I mean sometimes when you take out a loan you're gonna have to pay that back of course and does the SBA help people with that kind of advice?
1: Yeah there's a lot of benefits when it comes to taking out an SBA loan Uh, we have this program called the 12-month 0% interest deferment where if you are offered a loan from the SBA for the first year you don't have to um, pay it back and then the interest rate will not start to accrue until after the first year is over. Uh, Other benefits include uh, there's no prepayment penalties, and if you're offered a loan,
0: you're not uh, required to accept it. Okay, so I guess the one final question might be, what type of interest rate am I going to expect? Mm -hmm. For homeowners,
1: uh, the interest rate is as low as 2.375%. That's Four. about as low as you could get on any kind of loan or home equity right now, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, for businesses, it's as low as 4%. And then for uh, private nonprofit organizations, it's as low as 2.375% again. And how long do those loans usually last? What's the longevity? Up to 30 years people have um, to, to pay it back. So that's the term limit, 30 years term limit. And uh, another benefit that we have is uh, uh, we provide mitigation assistance, and that's basically... Uh, An increase in the loans that you receive up to 20 percent from the physical disaster loan uh, funds that you receive and basically the whole purpose of the mitigation assistance is in is to improve the resiliency uh, of your home or business so that in the event of a future disaster uh, you're able to withstand the impacts of the storm
0: okay well I want to thank both of you for being with us unless there's something you feel like you need to uh, emphasize at the end here Uh, Can you think of anything that uh, we haven't talked about?
2: You can uh, apply using the FEMA helpline at 800-621-3362, but it's also a great resource to have throughout the application process because you can call that number to speak to a FEMA specialist and ask questions about your application, receive clarification on letters or correspondence from FEMA, and even receive help with appeals. So it's a really nice number to keep handy.
1: I would also like to add that um, for small businesses, uh, it's important that you work with your uh, SBDC offices, the Small Business Development Center, because they help you uh, repackage your applications so that when you do come to the SBA, uh, you have all the documents that you need and it's easier to apply.
0: All right, well, Kim Keblish with uh, FEMA and uh, Yabadira with uh, SBA. Thanks both for being uh, with us uh, on The Insider today. Appreciate it. for us. having us. We've been highlighting FEMA assistance following the tornadoes and severe weather in the spring of 2023. Again, that information is at www.disasterassistance.gov, or you can download the FEMA app. And the FEMA helpline is 800-621-3362. This podcast has originated from City Hall. Thanks for listening to The Insider on our multiple platforms. You can also watch The Insider right here on YouTube. Our producer is Michael Nevels. For more information on the city of Murfreesboro, visit MurfreesboroTN.gov. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us.